Today's show is sponsored by Taos. Yeah, this is an ad, but Taos wants you to know the technology challenges of tomorrow and expectations of today aren't slowing down anytime soon. While most of today's businesses know digital transformation is no longer just optional, even the most successful businesses still find adopting and advancing their cloud journey too difficult or too complex to navigate. The good news is you're not alone. In fact, many of the world's best brands turn to Taos every day to help solve their toughest technology challenges. Explore why Taos was recently positioned by Gartner in the magic quadrant for public cloud infrastructure professional and managed services by visiting taos.com. That's T-A-O-S dot com. Taos.com. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hope everyone is both staying safe and uh, starting to look forward to the summer. Uh, here in the United States, uh, we just recently had Memorial Day holiday, which is kind of the unofficial uh, beginning of summer for many of us. And uh, looking forward to uh, getting away, uh, getting out on holiday uh, this summer as well. Let's dig right into Cloud News of the Week. Got a couple stories. Uh, two of them are actually Cloudcast alumni. Number one, we have Docker. Docker uh, is kind of getting back to basics, you know, as, as we've seen uh, uh, Cloudcast alumni many times over, and we've been to Docker cons, uh, and they've been a sponsor as well in the past. And, you know, have taken, of course, as many have known publicly, a lot of money here in the past, and then kind of spun off the businesses and, and kind of getting, you know, spin off the enterprise stuff and get back to the core, if you will, which was all about the uh, developers. And what they're really looking to do here is take the company back to its roots, uh, build up the developer ecosystem and kind of hit the reset button uh, in many ways, a bit of a, you know, in my opinion, a a cautionary tale of what can happen with uh, too much VC funding and uh, growing a little too fast. And um, I'm happy to see them uh, hitting the reset here and uh, really interested to see what they will do going forward as well. For story number two, we have the 2020 developer survey is out stack overflow does a just a fantastic job uh with this and and for 2020 nearly 65,000 developers uh participated and it's really great to dig into the data and learn uh, about many different things about the areas the the um development tools of choice and of interest year to year um and also a little bit more about um uh where everyone is going with their careers as well from a career path standpoint so uh if this is of interest to you i definitely encourage you to check out the link for that and for story number three, we actually have a bit of the, the Wayback Machine here. A uh, long time ago, uh, Cloudcast alumni, uh, Thousand Eyes. Um, Thousand Eyes was actually on the podcast. I had to go back and Google it uh, in 2013. And Mohit Ladd, uh, the CEO, was on at the time and, and still going strong and recently acquired by Cisco. Um Numbers weren't published, but but rumors are nearly a billion dollars is what they went for. And if you're not familiar with Thousand Eyes, it's uh, multi-cloud network monitoring 
um, and really, really great technology has been really well adopted. They've been building things steadily over the years. And actually, I didn't realize this, but almost 100 of Fortune 500 companies uh, actually use Thousand Eyes as well. So they've been really good at building a very successful business model over the years and, and really happy to see them with a successful exit and certainly wish them and Cisco the best going forward. And so with that, we're going to jump into our main Main topic this week. For our main topic, we're going to be talking to Clary, uh, more specifically the CTO of Clary Venkat, and about our topic this week, AI for the mainstream. Today's show is sponsored by Studio 3T. We all know MongoDB is easy. Now make it powerful. Studio 3T is the best IDE on the market to manage your MongoDB databases securely. They take customer feedback seriously, and their users have helped them build features like the nifty import-export wizard, which lets you run, automate, and schedule your import-export tasks easily. SQL, JSON, CVS, and MongoDump formats are supported, and you can export entire collections or views, current queries, current query results, and specific documents too. Studio 3T's SQL query feature is another great way to save time. Write SQL expressions and joins to query MongoDB and view your SQL queries equivalent code in multiple languages. If you're unfamiliar with MongoDB language, Studio 3T's Visual Query Builder offers a simple yet powerful drag-and-drop method to find what you need, fast. Get a free 30-day trial, no credit card needed, at studio3t.com cloudcast. Today's show is sponsored by Datadog, a monitoring platform for cloud-scale infrastructure and applications. Datadog provides dashboarding, alerting, application performance monitoring, and log management in one tightly integrated platform, so you can get end-to-end visibility quickly. And it integrates seamlessly with AWS, so you can start monitoring EC2, RDS, ECS, and all your other favorite AWS services in minutes. Visualize key metrics, set alerts to identify anomalies, and collaborate with your team to troubleshoot and fix issues fast. Try it yourself by starting a free 14-day trial today. Listeners of the Cloudcast will also receive a free Datadog t-shirt. So go to datadog.com cloudcast. That's datadog.com cloudcast. And we're back, um, just Aaron this week, and uh, we're going to dig back into a topic that we've been dabbling with off and on, um, and and really really fascinating topic, and that is around uh, AI and artificial intelligence, and and more specifically, an application to maybe an industry uh, you you may not think about, uh, you know, as a top use case, and so really want to dig into that a little bit, and and so in, in order to do that, uh, we have Venkat Rangan. Uh, co-founder and CTO at Clary. Uh, Venkat, why don't you go ahead and do a quick introduction and tell everyone a little bit about yourself, please. Hi, Aaron. First of all, uh, thank you for having me. Great to be here. I got my start in technology as a software developer. And uh, over the years, I have witnessed uh, mini computers, PC revolution, client-server computing, Web 2.0, movement to the cloud, and... uh, Lately, uh, AI and machine learning. When I uh, completed my master's in computer science, you know, at the risk of dating myself, uh, the new emerging computing platform then was the mini computer. Think uh, digital equipment, PDP, and Wax computers, Wang Labs, word processing platform, etc. This was a time when Ethernet was moving from coax cable in research labs into uh, small commercial deployments in R&D labs. I got my start as a developer of network troubleshooting, network performance monitoring, 
and network management solutions. This company was acquired by Hewlett Packard. And after this, I did a stint at Microsoft uh, in their back office teams. A couple of years later, I moved to the Bay Area, joining a startup specializing in application performance management. Uh, this company was eventually acquired by Lucent Technologies. Besides getting a lot of technical training, this startup helped me get connected with many brilliant minds in the Valley, as well as investors and mentors like Jim Getz at Sequoia Capital. I did a couple of follow-on startups, Rhapsody Networks, a storage virtualization company, and then ClearWell Systems, a company that applied a lot of vertical search, machine learning, and AI for electronic discovery. After its acquisition by Symantec, we built Clary, a company focused on transforming revenue operations. Today, we're going to dig back into AI as a topic. Um, and your introduction was was really good because I, for us, um, we want to kind of step back and start at the start. Um, your current role, you've been involved in technology a lot over the years, and Clary has been around for a while. And so what compelled you to focus on this space and, and revenue generation for AI in particular? Sure, Aaron. My uh, first introduction to AI was at ClearWell Systems. The goal behind ClearWell was to automate the back office work related to litigation and electronic discovery. We transformed the whole process around e-discovery by applying AI and automating the process of, uh, you know, essentially culling and identifying relevant documents and uh, preparing uh, for legal review. Uh, a decade back, the use of AI in uh, business applications like this was actually very limited. Back in those days, we used the most current machine learning techniques for document classification, like support vector machines, concept search, you know, analysis of parts of speech for natural language processing, uh, tagging, et cetera. And all of that uh, came into good use when it came down to helping legal teams um, understand the nature of litigation that they have in their hands, as well as to prepare for uh, you know, e-discovery requests. We actually, you know, transformed the way entire e-discovery process was run. And uh, riding on that, we achieved a run rate of 100 million in revenue uh, and were, you know, eventually acquired by Symantec in 2011. Now, looking back at it, our first foray to AI kind of made us wonder what machine learning could do to other areas of enterprise business processes and business functions. And uh, this is when we noticed that uh, the whole process of selling by sales teams was actually very hard. And there was a lot of knowledge about a buyer's journey that's in the digital activity trail that sales teams leave behind. And so our initial thought was to you know, take the same machine learning and AI concepts and apply it to all that digital business activity data and uh, we then set about, you know, looking at all the use cases and business processes around sales cycle and introducing analytics and AI in each step of that process. And once we did that, we then began to expand Clary's AI to cover all aspects of revenue operations, you know, the process that revenue teams 
sales, marketing, customer success, engage in during the process of generating revenue. And uh, what we observed was these teams were often disconnected, operating in their own silos and misaligned throughout the buyer's journey. And uh, just bringing all of the data together, building historical context for all their past activities and applying you know, methodical machine learning and AI to that could actually help uh, really these teams with all the insights that they need in order to make great business decisions. And, uh, you know, stepping back, we actually think revenue generation is arguably the most important activity of every company, right? Every company wants to grow their revenue. And uh, so our singular mission is to help them uh, in that process. So yeah, it's a real focus on, you know, helping our customers in really understanding all their revenue paths and helping them optimize every path that they have. Yeah, that's that's fantastic, Venkek. And it, it's interesting for me because I feel like AI in general um, has suffered from a bit of a perception issue at times. You know, it's often seen as a little unapproachable at times with a pretty high bar, high barrier to entry. If, you know, I'm a technologist and I want to explore this space. And we've spoken to companies in the past about very specific industry or vertical applications, let's say manufacturing, for instance, but this application to a, you know, a uh, softer side of the business, if you will, um, is is very interesting. Mm -hmm. And so many architects, you know, are are our listeners, and and we have a lot of practitioners Mm -hmm. out there versus, you know, say a data science background or an AI and ML specific background. So how do we solve this problem of bringing AI to the mainstream? Yeah, that's a a great observation, Aaron. It's true that uh, data scientists often focus on areas such as model effectiveness, model accuracy, and performance. And uh, some of the metrics that they measure and report often are esoteric, right? Things like... ROC and area under the curve and, you know, all of those uh, metrics really make makes it difficult for users and practitioners to understand. And uh, this is where some of the things that Clary has done really been super uh, valuable and helpful. Uh, what we do is really understand the specific business use cases and scenarios where AI can help and inform the business user. What we do is we introduce AI-driven insights as part of the workflow of doing the normal day-to-day work. Sure, behind the scenes, there are algorithms, feature engineering, data pipelines, training models. But if the results are delivered in a way that fits with their use cases, you know, It's super helpful in addressing this gap. Just to give an example, Clary evaluates risk on all sales opportunities and presents a score as uh, part of pipeline inspection, uh, manager review of opportunities, et cetera. Uh, And when we do that, it just comes across in a very non-threatening way. A second area that we do is also really provide proper justification and explanation for the results, right? And going back to the example, 
in addition to providing the score we also provide top factors that contributes to the score a sort of like an explanation feature and uh, lately this is an important area in data science you know a lot of modeling around interpretability of models and you know, things like lime have come in and tried to you know address this gap as well but overall i see more and more ai driven insights in mainstream applications and uh, with the continued introduction of ai will take care of this gap and it will bridge this gap i think yeah yep yeah. and to even maybe take it one step further you know what i've always been thinking about okay in order for something like that to happen what does our industry need right is it really really deep data lakes and because of these deep data lakes is it something that it has to be a saas service at the public clouds or is it something like some something maybe a little bit more like this where it is a, a practical ai application of in-house data and and so maybe let's talk about that real quickly what needs to happen in your mind to take this one step further and make it more successful is it you know everything is saas based is it public cloud based is it on prem data like tell us a little bit more about the practical aspects of of that as well yeah great question um you know just watching the advances over the last you know decade or so we've seen uh, the use of saas cloud based delivery as a really a massive accelerator for making ai that much more within reach of business applications and business use cases again going back to clearwell days all we had was uh, open source libraries like uh, libsvm to start your ai machinery but these days with frameworks like tensorflow sagemaker and with all the maturity in ai technology proven algorithms are readily available and uh, a lot of the uncertainty research phase uncertainty around ai has been reduced dramatically but now what i see is like what you were alluding to erin things like uh, data lake the machinery around that all of that how do you how do you go about building a scalable data pipeline how do you scale feature analysis and what do you need to do to uh actually get something going in in production uh i also see a lot of transformation happening with devops devops are constantly reinventing all of the standard techniques to cope with what ai requires right how do you manage and deploy thousands of compute instances to scale the solution how do you monitor the performance on a day to day basis and you know when it comes to things like tuning hyper hyperparameters or watching the performance how do you go about actually uh, automating all of this infrastructure that's where i think more and more investments need to happen and i see a lot of people trying to do that the second place where i see uh, a lot of uh, you know uh, effort being put in maybe with limited results uh, is with many companies trying to build an internal data science team and kind of build an ad hoc data science solution to code and code solve problem of the day right this might be the finance team saying you know um, if we were to reduce the budget on marketing what would be the outcome right so it's kind of 
on a ad hoc basis and uh, sometimes it works sometimes it runs into challenges and uh, you know a lot of the times the staffing is, itself is a problem where data scientists being very expensive resource internal data science teams have a challenging time to you know, conceptualize build the team and maintain it and also maintain the solutions they created right so this is where uh, taking the concepts that are done at an internal level and somehow apply a level of rigor and continuity and bring that into uh, a proper infrastructure and automate the process of signal acquisition building long term time series data put in all the data cleansing effort which often takes up like 80% of the effort in introducing data science right all of that i believe can be automated and this is where saas is a great approach right if we can take all the common elements that revenue teams need and put it into a saas application put it into a service model into public cloud that really is uh, helping in that cause a third aspect of this transformation is really about standardizing standardizing some of the operations um, you know some of the aspects of uh, business processes again many of the revenue teams follow certain methodology but this is where we could use something like a revenue operations reference model to uh, codify revenue processes introduce operational metrics and then bring in ai driven insights into that process i think that's a mouthful in terms of all the different things but i do see a lot of work to be done uh, and the road ahead is going to be you know even more even more expanding and larger and and venka that's a that's such a good summary and and what and I, we touched on it lightly earlier but i want to dig just a little bit deeper on this for a second because it this is fascinating for me personally uh, you know i've been in field sales for for years and closing a deal or even predicting pipeline or you know all of these other aspects of sales you know it is somewhere between complete and utter guesswork at times um <laughs> all the way to mm-hmm. sometimes you know, decently precision rocket science level analysis. But mm-hmm. AI as an application, at least the ones I've seen up until now, have been more about, you know, let's say manufacturing, for instance. It's all about, about optimization and optimization at scale and, and very mm-hmm. applied black or white answers. Sales as a, you know, as an industry is anything but black and white. If anything, it tends to be an extremely emotional and relationship driven uh, at times. And so tell us a little bit more about the origins of all of this and the application of, um, you know, this softer side, if you will, of, of AI. Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, so in terms of sales, you're right. There is a lot of relationship building, human connections, but there's also a rigor to the selling process. as you try to scale you imagine a company that has a thousand uh, account execs right and now you need to apply a rigor in the approach to selling and that rigor itself uh, introduces a little little bit of a process around 
managing all of the interactions, tracking your buyer's journey. And at the end of the day, growing revenue requires you to be able to answer at the highest level, are we going to hit our number? Are we working on the right deals? Do we have the right sales motions in place? And what can we do to coach and help our sellers uh, get better at what they do, right? So this is where it's not obvious, but it's really clear to me and us uh, as a company that by looking at all of the historical data, getting the answers to these questions with all the data analysis and presenting that still for the human to evaluate and act on is, is really what what we want to present for consideration, right? So this is where AI comes in. We detect patterns and uh, we are able to present and uh, deliver key insights on where they are, where they need to go, and what the risk levels are for uh, for their business, right? And um, we're right at about time. And, and so, uh, Venkat, where can everyone find the, the company, find you, and, and learn more about what you have coming up at Clary? Sure. Uh, we have a lot of uh, new initiatives. Again, you know, just looking at AI and machine learning perspective, you know, we are bringing in new technologies like, you know, reinforcement learning, deep neural networks for all the great uh, opportunities that we face, uh, specifically around how do you close the gap? How do you evaluate various scenarios? Uh, even today, for example, just looking at COVID and its impact, how do you bring an external factor and uh, actually get some revenue confidence in the forecast, right? So this is where we are focused on and we will continue to innovate and build great value for our customers. You can uh, obviously visit us at clary.com or reach me on my Twitter handle, Venkatrangan01. Venkat, thank you so much for your time today. And on behalf of Brian, who wasn't able to uh, make it this week, uh, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, we'll talk to everyone next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 